It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's going on, Bears fans? Big show today. Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Greg Braggs here, and Clay Harbor is in studio with us. What's up, Clay? Uh, not a lot, guys. Appreciate you having me on. You know, I'm, uh, I love my Bears, a local Chicago guy. We're talking about I'm actually from Dwight, Illinois. I was born in Waukegan, lived in Libertyville for a bit, but Dwight, Illinois, I doubt anybody knows where that's at. Barely shows up on the map, but that's my home. Shout out Dwight, Illinois. Yeah. I had to Google it. I had to Google it. I have no idea. And my dad's it. from the Illinois country. He's from Princeton. I don't know if you know where that is. I yes, well, I you know my radio career started out at thirteen sixty WLBK DeKalb, okay. where I was the sports director, and then I parlayed that into being the news director. Admittedly, the worst news director. I was say, in, what do you know about news? I would, I would literally come in and listen to the other stations' news <laughs> and write up what they were saying. I'm sorry, WLBK. I apologize to you, Dave Madison. I, what are they saying over there at 94.9 out in DeKalb? All right, great. That's what's going on. Be, being from a small town, Northwest Indiana, I know for a fact Mark Carmen wouldn't last a day in any small town in Northwest Indiana or Illinois. It's just not enough action. Oh, did you hold on? <laughs> I mean, I, I could be a easy going, you know. Well, that's true. You do talk to yourself on the bus, so you can entertain yourself. Yeah. So how'd you go from, you you went from Waukegan to Libertyville to Dwight? That's the Yeah, order? Waukegan to Liberty, Libertyville to Dwight. I just went to uh, the smallest town I could find, man. No, uh, <laughs> ended up moving. My mom's side of the family is from the country. They're like deep Arkansas folks. Like, I mean, really, really country. Like, I could bring them in here. I mean, it's hilarious. I love them all to death, but Alligator? it's like a reality show. Like, literally like one of those like country, like, uh, you know, redneck type aller- like shows is, is my family. And they're, they're a great group, but they're Ooh. hilarious. What like going from that to like my dad's side of the family is is hilarious. What's the most country thing you've ever eaten? 
Man, that's a tough one. I mean, well, you know, there, my, my grandma makes this, this thing called beef stew. There's no beef in it. Okay. Like nobody knows what's in there. We just we just eat it. Nobody knows. That sounds moderately delicious. It's good, but it's like what am I eating here? There's there's no beef in this. I, I watched did anybody do you guys see the thing on Twitter today with uh, the out the guys making alligator in a on a on a on a griddle? Who it has um two million views. It popped up on my feed. No, so I didn't no. see it yet. No. It looked so nasty. Never tried I, it. I've had some alligator. You've had alligator? Yeah, I think they used to have it at the Taste of Chicago. Well, in New Orleans, too, yes. It's Lawrence. The Michaelis Lawrence. Giacomo's in New Orleans has great alligator, according to Lawrence. Never. Uh, I actually, you know, I played for most of the teams at some point, and you know, the Saints <laughs> was actually one of the teams that I put a jersey on for, surprisingly, and I, I never had alligator. Fourth-round traffic, the Philadelphia Eagles, for those who don't remember, 2010. Yeah, I was going to say, so Clay was fourth-round pick uh, and – Never played for the Bears, but as he said, I mean, he's from here. So Bears guy, you've gotten involved in the media a little bit here too. And Yeah, my dad, I remember my first game in Philly. We're showing up, we're playing the Eagles, I'm pumped up. You know, I had like three catches, we end up losing, but I see my family after the game, my dad, my brothers, everybody's wearing Eagles gear and Bears gear. I'm like, guys, you can't do this. You can't do this to me. My dad's wearing an Eagles hat and a Bears jersey. My brother, <laughs> Bears jersey, Eagles hat. I'm like, guys, you're by the bus. This is my family, and you're wearing Bears stuff. Like, grew up diehards. All I heard about was the 85 Bears. I was born in 87, so I missed them. But uh, this guy right here, Walter Payton, like, I just heard all those stories growing up. Became a huge Bears fan. And, uh, you know, my, my family was never able to turn down that fandom even when I was playing against the Bears I mean I don't want to make it weird but if Braggs was your dad he would have wore, he would have had his Bears jersey on <laughs> right I had to give up the allegiances yeah. no but not for family and friends okay I mean, I'd change up for that uh, uh. not even the Eagles hat Braggs huh you would just wear the straight straight Bears gear wait was the game here or in Philly it was here it, it was, was in here. it was in Soldier Field and um I vividly remember just being really embarrassed, sitting, standing by the bus and with all the players and the families and everybody's wearing Eagles gear. They got my family showing up with a bunch of Bears stuff on. How did you, you, you a great story. And the Eagles yeah. and Bears have a, you know, playoff history, you know, uh, Bears, you know, in 2001, lost to the Eagles. And then the double doink, of, coi, oh. of course. So, you know, this – and I was at that game, and, and they were not kind to us as we left. You'd think a team one year after winning a Super Bowl would be a little more gracious knowing that they got pretty lucky to win that game. But they, they weren't. They were not gracious. They let us have it as we walked out the stadium. But I can't say that it's definitely not personal. They're like that to They're everybody. They're like that to everyone, yeah. yes. Love the Eagles fans. They're a very passionate fan base. I remember one time I'm out to dinner – with my, my mom and brother came to Philly to watch a game and they're staying at my apartment and we go out to dinner after the game and it's a game we lost and I go to the bathroom and I do notice like these guys, you know, they kind of get up and like the bathroom, I, you know, I finish using the bathroom, I wash my hands and the guy's like, hey man, I just got to ask you a question. How can, how can you be out to dinner right now after that type of a loss? Like, shouldn't you be at, like at home, like upset? I'm like, well, you know, I have to eat. <laughs> you know, like I, need, I need food like my mom and my brother are in town I need some food here so that's the Eagles fans I mean they take it personal and you love that you want a fan base that cares but I mean in Philly I mean these guys are lifers man they're their grandparents their dads their families I mean these guys are just complete diehards and you love that as a player but when you're losing it's tough we had 
picket signs like they were, you know, picketing for the environment or something when Andy Reid went uh, eight and eight. Fire Andy. You just because you've been very supportive about Justin Fields on, on, on Twitter and, and everywhere else. But which but there was you just made me think of the conversation that happened this year. Like, do Bears fans care more than Fields? I'm assuming that tweaked you as a former player. The concept that the fans care more than the players that are in the locker room. Nobody like here's what I always say. I'm like, yeah, coach, like nobody wanted me to to make that play more than I did. And, you know, the players, yes, they care, but it's it's just a different type of of caring. As a player, you gotta learn how to forget. As soon as something's over, you are done with it. You you throw it away and you move on. That's what every great player has to do. And it's it's for, for fans, they, they don't understand that. And um, I get it because it, it'll stay with a fan. It'll eat at you all day. But as a player, you go, okay, I'm done with it. I'm throwing it away. I'm looking at the tape for next week, and we're going to get better. And I'm okay. I'm not going to let this change my attitude. Win or lose, we got to just move forward. And that's what you want your quarterback to do. He throws a pick. I want to look like, you know, hey, I just threw a touchdown. We're moving forward. We're going to the next play. Yeah, I mean, that is such a great I, point because, you know, you hear coaches say, process over the results if you did your job but the result didn't manufacture you, there's nothing to hang your hat about but for fans all we care about is the result yeah. we don't even care if the process is correct you know we just want we just want to win so if we don't or the play fails we talk about it well, for the rest of our lives well, we can't let it go I'm, yes and like whatever Cub fans are forever going to be bothered by 1984 and 2003 right. and it, it will always sit there and I don't know. Like, there's a long list of, of the, the, double, doink the double doink is, is probably number one. Obvious, the mm. most obvious. I mean, Lawrence, we're bringing up Bears Eagles history. That was a win, but for us, for the, for the old people on the show, we remember the Fog Bowl and Randall Cunningham and somehow the, that was the end of a, the Bears run, and yet they were <laughs> able to win a football game because nobody could see, which was which was sweet. Um, but I, I also like it's just it, it insults. I think like any like level of just rationale that like the dude that's sitting in the 50th row that yes has everything on his wall who's watching this show and who we love to the end of the earth cares more than the dude who grew up yeah. worked his his ass off to get there and his livelihood his his bank account his his opinion of you know everybody out there family friends the last guy in the in the building that, that you care less that that person cares less than the dude that's sitting there it's just i can't I can't understand that. The players care more, but it's just, it's a learned process. Growing up throughout sports, you have to let it go and you have to move on. Every game, you know, it's like you can't be thinking midweek about what happened last week. And it's, I know it might sound cliche, but that's, that's real. If you have a problem, if you, if you drop a pass, you literally have to let it go. And that's something, you know, I've dropped my fair share of passes, unfortunately, but it's something you just have to move on from and let it go. Because if you don't, that's how you spiral. Next thing you know, you're thinking about it the whole time and you're, you're letting this, this whole thing affect you, how you're playing. Do you have to go back to the sideline at that point, like, my bad, or do you just – everybody knows it was your bad. So no, maybe everybody knows. No, no, nobody says anything. Nobody even barely looks at you. You know, it's like, uh, you know, they just let you do your thing. You're like – and you're like, all right, yeah, he dropped it. You know, they don't – come and try to chew you out catch the football it's something that you know what you have to do you know what you're paid to do you know what you, you're training to do you just got to go out there and make the next one somebody might slap him but yeah you got this come you know make the next one I'm like, yeah man i got you i even hate when people told me that like yeah i know like you think I, i'm like i know i got to make the next one like this is you know this is obviously why i'm, why I'm here 
So that's something that, that doesn't need to be said, but it's not this big thing that people might think that you're getting chewed out in the sidelines or something like that. By the way, uh, Clay's on Twitter. You should definitely be following him at ClayHarbs82 on Twitter. You can find uh, you know, a lot of his content and some of the videos he's done. And um, I know you, you, you've looked at some tape. We had some, some fun moments during the season where you're talking about the offensive line and Justin Fields and different things like that. We can get into some of that. Um, Let's start with Fields. Just what after two years of him being the Bears quarterback, where are you at? Like, let's take all the Bryce Young stuff out of it and all that. So just Fields. Like, how confident are you in him right now in terms of what he's doing well, what he's not doing well, and what you think he can become? Yeah. Okay. First, I'll start off with what he's doing well. I like to talk about the good first. I think, obviously, you know what type of a playmaker this guy is. I mean, he's electric. You put the ball in Fields' hands. I don't think there's anybody else in the league that's as, as exciting to watch as him. And we saw through that five, six-game span after that pseudo-bye week with Luke Getze when they tweaked the offense to this offense that averaged two, two, two runs per game to an offense that averaged eight runs per game. Maybe you find a happy medium there. You don't run them as much because obviously we saw the injury. But you start tailoring things to his game. He can run the quarterback sweep. And you're gaining an extra blocker. That's huge. And you start running the zone read. Jalen Hurts, one of the reasons the Eagles made it as far as they did was because of how good Jalen Hurts could run the zone read. In the divisional round, they set an NFL record with 230-plus rushing yards on a zone read play. You're gaining a defender. You're gaining an offensive player. The defense has to account for the quarterback on a zone read. So you're playing with, with odds you usually don't have on the zone read, right? On the quarterback runs, you're gaining an extra blocker because now the quarterback isn't just handing it off. You're gaining an extra blocker. That helps. That's something that not many quarterbacks in this league can do. He's big. He's 6'3", 230, and he can do that. He can run. I know there's some injury risks, but he's pretty good at avoiding hits most of the time. Okay, so that's something I love about him. you got to use that. You can't have him sitting back there like a robot, you know, like, I don't know who, uh, Jay Cutler, you know, one of these past Bears quarterbacks. He's, that's not him. He's not a guy that's going to sit back there and just get the ball out in a three-step out, five-step out, seven-step out. But he can do so many other things that he, he just opens up the book, and it's very hard to stop. We saw it. He was averaging 26 points a game almost during that span. It was a top-five offense with what he had around him. I mean, that's incredible. You put. How hard is it to about to know for sure? Like you, you say, like, that's not who he is as a pocket quarterback passer. But in college, that's who he was. And a lot of Bears fans like to go to that and, and point that he wasn't a run first quarterback in college, like a Michael Vick or a Lamar Jackson, who had a highlight reel just as good at Virginia Tech as they did in the pros. So how do we know for sure that it wasn't just a product of the players around him and that and that that he that he is capable of that so with like just to piggyback off the offensive line stuff um so the so that's what i think he does great is he's the playmaker but like you said like how do we know he's not that just from what i've seen he holds on to the ball too long i mean he was dead last in, in getting the ball out and i know people say well there's nobody getting open that could be that could be part of it maybe nobody's getting open but the offensive line wasn't as bad as people thought they were. I didn't th say they were great offensive line. I'm watching this film. I've watched offensive line film my whole life. I've played for the Jaguars. I've played for the Patriots. I've seen good offensive lines. I've seen bad offensive line. I watch film, obviously. This offensive line was not the worst offensive line in the league. If you hold the ball for three seconds sometimes, you see defense, you got to get rid of it. You got to throw it away. You got to hit your check down. 
You watch Josh, you watch Josh Allen. His offensive line was terrible at times this year, but he's getting the ball out. You watch Joe Burrow when his two starting offensive offensive linemen are, are down in the playoffs. What's he doing? He's getting the ball out in two seconds. There's a sacks is not just an offensive line statistic. Stats is a quarterback statistic, then an offensive line statistic, in my opinion, from my experience, from playing on offensive lines my entire life. He's got to get the ball faster, and that's. And I think he's got a great deep ball. But I think he can improve on that. I don't think he's ever going to be great at that. And he has to use his legs. He's got to be a guy that runs an offense similar to a Lamar Jackson. I think he can be a better pocket pass from Lamar Jackson. He's never going to be Trevor Lawrence. But Trevor Lawrence will never be him. And that's why he's this dynamic. I think Getsy gets it. You saw when he put it together. You can do an offense in, in a specific way to something that I don't think the NFL's ever seen before. I played with Michael Vick. You know, I've seen what he was able to do. I think he can take that a step further with the run game. Michael Vick, I mean, people say he was six foot, you know, two. Michael Vick, I, he used to weigh in with five-pound plates in his girdle because he would get fined if he wasn't a certain weight. He would sneak the five-pound plates in serious? his girdle. So, yes, swear to God, you see it. You come out of the weight, the weigh-in, Mike takes the five-pound plates out of his girdle. We're all just laughing. <laughs> He's weighing in with, with five-pound plates That's in his girdle. Funny. I never you, tried it. I was light, too. Wow. But Fields, with his size, his ability – can be an all-encompassing, different-style offense. He's not going to be the Trevor Lawrence, get the ball out, the, the quick guy, the Joe Burrow. I think he can improve, but he's never, that's never going to be what he's great at. He's going to be a great playmaker and, and a great quarterback, but just a different style. Let me add on to that just with one thing that's bugging me about the narrative right now. And I'm sitting here tr- trying to tell everybody, like, let's have an open mind. Ryan Poles said that he'd have to be blown away. I could see somebody getting blown away when they watch Bryce Young tape and, and also getting really scared of the fact that he's 5'10 and, and, and might not survive in the NFL, which is what, and also I think you have to do the whole calculus. What are you getting for the number one pick? What are you getting for Fields? I think you're getting a lot more for the number one. I think you have a lot more certainty with Fields, which is why I think you add all that to up together. It's much more likely, high, like 98% likely, that there's not going to be any level of movement with the, the Bears are going to have Justin Fields at quarterback. But so... I'm saying all that to say this. I'm hearing people say he's five and twenty in his first two years. I do not want Who's to saying that. There's there's plenty of national people that will underline the rec- I, I was on Kansas City Radio. It's like it's five and twenty. You have a you have a running back and quarterback. You go go get yourself an actual quarterback. Like I've I've heard this a bunch. That's lazy. It, it it it's not a great it's not a great it, right. It is it's a bad <laughs> take. But I also like if you thought that way. I, I, you know, I, I like to bring everything back to, to, to MJ, and I'm wearing the Jordan State because of our conversation yesterday. <laughs> His first three years in the league, he was under 500. He, got, he was 38 wins, 38 and 44 as a rookie. He got hurt his second year. They won 30 games. He got swept in the playoffs. His third year, they were 40 and 42, and he was 1 and 9 in the playoffs. That's the greatest player to ever play anything. You know how much his record mattered at that point? Zero. Zero. So Fields is five and twenty. Like that, it's it's, it's ridiculous well, oh, to t- to even mention it in my mind. I think the the comparison that's the easiest to go to is Jalen Hurts, and you're close to both of these teams, obviously. Um, you know, had I saw you going to both their training camps and and following both players' paths, and you made this point on Twitter the other day. Like, look, 
people were writing off Jalen Hurts last year at this time for the same narratives that Justin Fields is. And I, and I think, it, you know, it sounds easy. Just put, put the team, you put Jalen Hurts around Justin Fields and watch it, watch it grow. You know, that's easier said than done. But at the same time, yeah, you get him a, a wide receiver that can go up and get it. Yeah. Then he can just, you know, chuck it down there. And, and then when he takes off on the zone reads, like you mentioned, he can be a dynamic quarterback just every bit the quarterback Jalen Hurts is. Do you think he can reach that level? Because I, in my opinion, and maybe you think I'm just, you know, you know, a biased, crazy meatball Bears fan here, but I think <laughs> I, just, I, I definitely am, and I'll, I'll wear that badge of honor with pride. I disagree. But I think I, I hold you as an expert. Go thank ahead. Thank you very much. You would be the only one. But I think just Justin Fields can be better than Jalen Hurts because he's faster. And and they both have to me the same kind of arm strength. Yeah. A- am I am I off base there? No, I don't think you're off base. I think he's got a higher ceiling for sure. And here's the deal: last year, what was the everybody in Philly, all the beat writers, even the beat writers that loved, you know, love Jalen Hurts now, were saying the same thing. Yeah, the Seagull team's good, but Jalen Hurts is your quarterback. He can't do it. Look at his numbers. To me, I mean, the numbers are striking. You're talking about a guy that has an 85 rating versus an 87 rating in their second season, 54 overall QBR for both of them. They both had similar 17 touchdowns to 11 interceptions for Fields and then um, 16 to 9 for, for Hertz. You're I talking mean, about Hertz's numbers last year. Right. Last year, yeah, and obviously yeah. not this year. Years. And he still had a great offensive line last year. And he saw Devontae Smith right. and Dallas Goddard yep. last year, who are still players that are better than the guys that Justin Fields has. And he had a good defense. So when you put better players around Fields, you get him a number one receiver. You saw the, the jump that Hurts was able to make. I think, yes, Fields can make that jump. A number one receiver is huge that you can just – because you know when you got a one-on-one situation. Single high safety, most of the time it's going to be a one-on-one. Worst case scenario, you're looking for your big number one. You know, now Hurts has two of those guys. You bring in a number one – now I'm arguing, you know, no field test two of these guys. A number one receiver would make this Bears unit an actual good receiving unit with Claypool and Mooney healthy. I like Cole Komet. I think maybe you can bring in a move tight end as well. And then you got to fix the offensive line. Like I said, the offensive line wasn't terrible. Jalen Hurts had the best offensive line in the league. It was incredible watching Lane Johnson. It was incredible watching Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Hall of Famer, obviously. I don't think the Bears are going to be able to do that, but I think they can bring this offensive line to a consistent top 10 offensive line. And with that, fields will improve. And it's symbiotic, too. Defense matters. Defense matters to the quarterback. Now you're not playing from behind. Now you're playing, and you have the run game at your disposal. You can do more play-action passes. People think, oh, what does defense have to do with quarterback play? It has everything to do with it. It's all-encompassing. If you're on a good team, you have a good defense, the whole playbook's open. Field position. Field position. Now you don't have to play from behind, and you can can play the way you want to play and run the game plan. Why are the Bears scoring all these first opening drives? Because they're not down by by 14 points at this point. They're not backed up. And what you're bringing up is is something I don't think is talked about enough, which is, yes, there's all this focus on, oh, the O-line wasn't good enough. He didn't have any weapons, and there's validity to both. But, like, as the Bears got better offensively, and I I keep bringing this up, and I just – I want to reiterate, the Bears led the NFL in scoring over a four-week stretch at one point. Yeah. That was a real thing that happened. That doesn't happen here. Ever. <laughs> and, Ever. And they didn't have playmakers, really. They had a couple good running backs. An O-line that I actually agree with you was better than it's probably getting credit for, although still not great. Yeah. And 
Uh, the one thing I am also very critical of the weapons. But why were they doing? Why were they able to score all those points? It was Justin Fields, and the whole point of football is to score points, score more points than the other team. And they led the league in scoring over four weeks because of Justin Fields. Like you cannot minimize that. Zero but, wins. <laughs> but what I'm getting at, too, but that's what I was going to mention is no one's really talking about the defense was going like this as the offense went, went like that, <laughs> right. and that doesn't help either. No. So, And I think in, in that stretch, because I'd be like, oh, it was just Justin running all over the place. They had like eight touchdowns, to eight passing touchdowns to one interception to go along with his eight dynamic rushing touchdowns within that four- to six-week stretch from the New England game to the Atlanta game. So yep. I, I don't know. I'd like, you know, you can't call it smoke and mirrors when it was the, the other team literally knew what they were going to do, and they couldn't stop it because he's just that damn good. And one game might be an accident, you know, two day, two games, but like four games in a row. And then, I mean, even like, you know, it maybe wasn't leading league, but you still saw it, you know, for the rest of the year, basically until the last couple games that, okay, this is what this guy's capable of. And to me, when you start seeing it consistently for a couple games, like, okay, in NFL maybe, like, you can't do that over and over and over. Once you put it on tape – that's when teams should be able to stop. And they put it on tape, and they kept doing it for, for you know, a while with this offense, with these, you know, lack of weapons. So that's, to me, what was so encouraging about that situation. I honestly wonder sometimes if he hadn't had such a bad game in Detroit at the end of the year, or, or is this national conversation about trading him even happening? Because it just kind of left a sour taste after what was otherwise, I thought, a, a, a if good... If they're st- having the number one pick, this conversation is going to happen no matter it's what. Yeah, it's but, inevitable yeah. because you only have so many times. The Bears have never picked number one since 1942 when they took uh, a real estate agent. So when you <laughs> literally, I mean, so, Great you know, pick. you, you, it's an inevitable conversation as much as Bears All fans right. don't want to have I want to talk about the risk factor for Ryan Poles here in a second on that conversation. We have to take a quick break. Uh, of course, mentioned DraftKings. Hope everybody's still hanging out with DraftKings, even though football's over right now. There's plenty of things you can get to. M- NBA's no sweat. Same game parlays are, are available every day. Um, we got MLB coming up, so you can make your future bets. Get those in. And if you want to get crazy, I think you can even start looking at NFL futures. Maybe, uh, maybe put some money on Justin Fields MVP. Champions League. Whatever that is, just kidding. I know what the Champions League is. I'm just giving Lawrence a hard time. <laughs> What's the he Champions so League? <laughs> I'm kidding. At like XFL extra it's, points. Yeah, did you see Manchester United? They, they no, tweeted I did not. out uh, brick by brick in their caption. They're going brick by brick? They tweet this morning. You should sue them. <laughs> you should sue Man U. Hit the like know. button. I if think you... their lawyers might might outkick my coverage on the expenditure. No, oh, the you like don't, button. You don't you know the all city lawyers. Like button for champions. Like like button for the XFL. Like button for Bragg suing Man U. <laughs> Download the app now. Sign up with code CHGO. New customers with DraftKings can bet five dollars, get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details all right and i'm talking about something that's very important to everybody and that's correct it is your sex life and everybody is is, (laughs) why'd you look at him when you said that though well i think you're talking about yours well i i i i know my guy clay is you know living the 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 single 
mid thirties, former NFL life. I mean, he's he's, he's got it <laughs> going on. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do it. He's got it going on over here. <laughs> Let's not let so. Uh, but you know, it, it is true, and I'm not getting into any of Clay's business here on that level. But fifty uh, percent of men do have symptoms of uh, that can possibly get in the way of wanting and or enjoying your sex life to the fullest and we all want to get here to the fullest so yes roman is here to help speaking this of that is, what is, is awkward go- now, well, now is we got a screen right now if, if you're watching on oh, youtube my goodness lawrence has during this read has <laughs> put up a video of i believe that's carm in a referee's shirt with so, clay so clay and i first met when he was on the bachelor <laughs> what and, is and, going and, on and, here and we had we had two on two we had four of the bachelors clay was the the, the coolest and, and and most athletically talented and so i was to referee the game and we were i i had everybody get loose beforehand <laughs> we're doing some cat cow right now on screen if you can't see that yes i'm wearing my bull shorts my air jordan shoes and, and a referee outfit <laughs> as as and and that would help uh, to loosen up for the sex life too um, but the other way to help would be to go to Roman and, and where they have a digital health clinic for men which addresses a variety of sexual health needs offering genuine medication that can help uh, achieve maintain and uh, have the strongest possible erection you could possibly have yeah that's right that's what we're talking about here you want it to uh, you want to go you don't want to be at 90% you want to be at 100 there's there is this, you, you know we're, we're not looking for you know if we're going hoop terms like that thing we're not talking about just you know you know backboard off the rim and then we're locking straight through swish roman that's the way to go here uh discreet wipes that will help you last four times longer in bed lasting is good just like uh as we put in back into football terms fields lasting in the pocket we we need better protection uh and again we can bring this all the way back to Roman. So you get the point here. Roman is getting you to the next level. To learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals, goals go to ro.co slash chgo to get 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash chgo Roman. That underrated ref, borderline my hero. Yeah, did I do all right? Yeah, he's like, you know, Carm's actually an underrated ref. The guy did a pretty good job. He let us play for the most part, but uh, he made some nice calls. He made a couple travels, you know, hand checking. You know, I think he called a reach, but uh, you know, over yeah, look at this. Yeah, here we go. And, okay, and I, and I challenged after that. Yeah, yeah. Come, come on here, NFL oh, guy. Boy. I can I can stop you, no problem. And yeah, that was that like, was see, I mean, like it was a problem. It was like look at. I mean, what a what a pathetic performance by me but look can we, throw, we might have to get clay involved in the uh, i mean ba- look at that take though the hypothetical yeah, basketball game that we've point. been talking about it for a year that never happens mason west is on twitter wondering whatever happened to it which yeah. is a good question i'd be down you, you know what's the scariest thing about that video for for anybody who's remotely interested in bryce young bryce young is 510 180 which yeah. is which is what i am and, and, <laughs> and, that's, what and that's what it looks like when you're going up against an NFL guy who's 6'4 and is quick and whatnot. But we did talk about this yesterday. Yeah. Bryce Young is not a run, running quarterback. Bryce Young has what? I mean, look, I don't, I don't have my, my phone here, but look at the stats. I mean, in like his college career, he might have 180 total yards. He has 8,300 yards passing. In the pocket, Tom Brady was, was decomposing. He's so old. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's 75 years old, and he's fine. In the pocket, there's unprecedented protection. Bryce Young is a pocket quarterback. He is not even Kyler Murray. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Justin Fields. He doesn't even run as much as Tua. 
Look at Tua's numbers. He is a pocket passer, and in so, he will have all that protection like a pocket passer all the time. 100 rushing yards in 14 games. This guy never runs the football. He will be in. He's not going to get hit. He might get sacked or whatever, but you know they can't be rough with the court. They can't even land on him anymore. So I think that's, you know, I'm not saying draft Bryce Young, but I think maybe teams will look at that and say, okay, this guy is a pocket passer. He extends plays, but for the most part, he will be getting that unprecedented pocket protection. Yeah, I I think it's all about, with all these quarterbacks, it's about fit. And when you watch Bryce Young's tape, he does have a crazy knack for just knowing where the pressure is around him while being able to keep his eyes downfield, moving inside the pocket, just sort of naturally with his feet. Who was the game-winning touchdown pass he threw against? I can't remember the team, but it was right at the end, game-winning, obviously. And it looked like he was he was he was scrambling in the pocket. Looked like he was going to get sacked, and looked like he was about to take off to run towards the end zone. And that pulled the defense towards him, and he threw it over the top for the game-winning touchdown. I can't. I don't know if in your tape. Yeah, you I know. I actually know the play you're talking about. It, and that it, was the one play where, like, okay, yeah, this guy's yeah. got it. You know, and, and it. And it that's did, a, that's I know a, what play you're talking about because it. No one was really open even at the beginning, and the guy came open on the. I want to say of, it was Tennessee, but back I, of the end zone, right at the end, maybe, but. The the point is is he 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 does have that. So look, this that, isn't a segment about trading making that move. But what it is is since everybody's talking about this, I, I think we haven't really approached it from this angle yet, and I find it very interesting. What's the better move for Ryan Poles' job security? Think about it that way. Because this is always a factor. So the, the, so the question essentially is, what's the riskier move for him to make? Because for me, I think it's way riskier to trade Justin Fields Agreed. and draft Bryce Young. Because if you make that move and you're wrong, Fields goes off to become a star and Young doesn't work out. Even if it's not necessarily Young's fault, maybe his size, just he gets injured a lot, like like we've seen with Tua. I think Tua's good, but he keeps getting hurt, can't stay on the field. Whatever the reason is in the end, to me, that goes down as an all-time Chicago bust move to trade away the good quarterback and, and draft the bust, as opposed to the other way around, which is, okay, Fields never quite develops – and Young ends up being a superstar, I still think that's more defensible in this situation than the other way around. Does that make sense? Does anybody disagree? Yes. But if you it do? does... I, no, I don't disagree. I'm saying yes, I completely agree. Okay. But... No, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't say... You know, whatever. No, you're, you're good. Yeah, so... No, it, to me, it is a, hundred, a thousand percent riskier to take, you know, Fields out of here and bring Bryce Young in but in your scenario that you draw up, if we keep Justin and Bryce Young goes off and, and Justin doesn't work out, it's going to be a lot of heat for that because you'll never get another shot at a number one pick. But Ryan Poles' job will be safe because he can say, all right, now I can go get my quarterback after Justin proves that he's not the guy if that were well, the scenario that And also out. if he drafts Jalen Carter and Jalen Carter's amazing – no one has a problem with that. Then, then you know, then his job's not really on the line. It, That's it, why I said draft him and just keep both. But it, nobody wants to listen to me. <laughs> the, well, you're saying take take Young and yeah, and Fields doesn't both. work out. Then he plays. I'm not, too scared to choose. Which they're definitely not doing that. But <laughs> I know. I, I think it's 
I just think it's interesting to try to sit in Paul's seat. You're 37 years old. You are the general manager of the Chicago Bears after moving up the food chain very in a linear fashion at in Kansas City. This is your whole you've been waiting for this opportunity and now like with not a ton of experience you are given the keys to the NFL. Like you can you are controlling the draft, you are controlling free agency. That is a lot on his shoulders. And how do you best logically put yourself in a I want to do this job for another 15 years and also I don't want to make this about me completely and my my security and try to have a win for the organization like I, he which but I, I just don't think like you could sit there as Ryan pulls around like that's it I'm trading fields and I'm gonna and I'm draft Bryce Young and if it doesn't work out I'll never get this job again and I might not even be a pro personnel director because I'm gonna look so stupid like it was a nice landing spot for Ryan Pace but I don't even know if he'd get that if he if he's you know as reckless as doing something that bold so. I don't yeah I think like fields has shown that he can be productive right so in my opinion the worst case scenario for Fields, we've already—I mean, like we've already seen—he—he's not going to get worse. He's 23 years old, right? Fields isn't going to get worse. Maybe there's a possibility, say worst case scenario, that he stays the same, doesn't take the leap. So even with the guy we had this year, like we saw through the span, what he was able to do, I think if you put players around him, I think Fields could be a playoff quarterback. Yeah, I honestly think the guy he was this year. Even in that system, with those, you put more players around him, worst case scenario, he doesn't improve, stays how good he was at 23 years old, with this O-line, with these weapons, whatever. Okay, I I think he's still a playoff quarterback, Bryce Young. We don't know. I mean, it's it's not, it's kind of unprecedented to to see where he's at, because, okay, there has been Kyler Murray, a short, there has been Drew Brees, but we don't know what this guy can do. He's never taken a snap in the NFL. To me, that is just a huge risk when you do have a guy that is young and that has shown that he could probably be a playoff quarterback. He didn't make it, but with if you put the pieces around him, he stays the same. He's still going to be better because you have better pieces around him. So I think you can't make that move because you've literally seen this guy is, play and be successful. Is it too risky for polls in, in job security-wise for himself to, to drop all the way to nine and give up on the premium talent that's in the draft, the, the alleged premium talent? Because you, cer- you certainly – somebody who's get drafted nine to the end of the first round is going to end up being a multiple perennial sure. pro bowler, but he's got he's to nail it. It, it's you've it's not as easy just to say oh, I'm taking Jalen Carr I'm taking Will Anderson if they sucked well everybody else is going to take him too he's putting himself more in the fire if he does that I would give him the benefit of the doubt even if he got it wrong but it would look it, w- it won't look good if you drop down to nine and you get a dude that can't play you're that that all of a sudden that fire is being turned up on you in a big okay way. so this gets back to something I've talked about before which is and and there's the research I put into it and shared on the show, you know, it was probably over a month ago now at this point, but just the drop off that tends to happen between the first two non quarterbacks taken every year and then the players after that, the bus factor, the bus risk factor, let's put it that way, goes way up. Yep. Usually the first player taken that's not a quarterback, history shows, at least in the last 10 years or so, is a stud. And most of the times, the second guy is too, with some exceptions um, out there. Once you drop past that point, now you're talking about guys that it's like more like 50-50 on, on whether or not it works out. And the more I watch Jalen Carter, I'm just like... Tommy Harris? 
I don't know. I, Tommy Harris, like Warren Sapp. Wow. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, like, no, I'm serious, though. He, he, I think people forget that there were – go read Bruce Feldman's story from The Athletic yesterday because he brought it back up. The, this was in the news stream last year at this time where you had SEC coaches on record – who had played against Georgia last year, who said the best defensive lineman on that D-line was not Trayvon Walker, not the, uh, who the Eagles draft. I'm blanking on his name right now. Jordan Davis. Yeah, Jordan Davis. Not one of those. And then the third guy got drafted too. It was Jalen Carter. Last year. You're talking about the number one pick, what, the number four pick or whatever, or a little bit later on. It was Jalen Carter. And... I think people are forgetting like how good this guy really actually is and f- the fit for the Bears for this defense needing that type of player to be the engine that makes everything work as Matt Eberflus talked about it. Like to me, that's the can't miss guy in this draft for the well, Bears. Well, that's what's funny about the merry-go-round that Bears fans play when they start to try to decide who they'd prefer the Bears to take. You're seeing it with Bryce Young. You know, they're, we're saying, oh, he's too small. We're pulling up pictures of him standing next to Mina Kimes and things like that. But... <laughs> We're also saying, oh, but the whole league should give up a King's ransom for Bryce Young, too. So it's like this dance, and it's the same thing with Jalen Carter. A lot of people would prefer Will Anderson, and I get that. But we do that by saying, oh, well, Jalen doesn't do this well. Or I've heard character issues by even reporters and stuff that I think is unfair to say. You know, so, you know, we, we constantly have to denigrate one guy to try to prop up our opinion, you know, when it that doesn't really have a foundation. The guy is uh, going to be a top five pick for a reason. But I'm just asking the question. Let's say they pass on Carter and drop down. Carter becomes what you just said. He's Warren Sapp. And the Bears drafted the next Leonard Floyd, who ends up being terrible here and, like, does okay elsewhere when he's on a, uh, you know, whatever, a stacked defensive line. Is that is that a fireable offense? Well, how many first-round picks did you get in that trade back? Yeah. Sure, right. Maybe if he but, goes... But you're bringing up a point that I think... It, it's not just it, the quarterback it, that, missing on the quarterbacks, is my point. Well, no, it's not. And this is the thing that we everybody needs to remember. Because it's great to have the draft capital. The more swings you can get, the better. But you still got to get the picks right. Right. Yeah. You know, you could look at the trade the Titans made... Um, in the well, uh, the Jared Goff trade, the original Jared Goff trade, when the Rams went up and and uh, and, and got him, that didn't necessarily work out. They took Conklin, who ended up in Cleveland, and um, I'm forgetting who the other guy was 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 in that pick. But like it, you, you still got to make the the picks work and be studs for your own. Hit that second contract at least with the with. With the Bears, yeah. When, after you pick them, in my opinion, this is how I look at it. Right? It's you could draft Jalen Carter, and he could turn into an All Pro. But if you, I mean, if you still, if you trade that pick, you, you get down to nine, seven, eight, like wherever you go, and you get a couple. So, so now you got three players that are consistent starters, getting the job done, and that makes your team better than just having that one player. You won. This guy might be better than all three of them. But if you got three solid starters, three guys that can really play, you got an end and you got a three tech, and then you know maybe you got a linebacker to to put next to my guy Jack Sanborn, then you know I think you win. It, de- it depends. What is better for your organization? What is better for your team? You get three guys that you can put on this, 
you know, this rookie deal that can play, are they going to be more impactful than the one that turns out to be the all pro? So in my opinion, if you think that's what you can get, you look in where you're ranking these guys in the draft, you fell in love with a guy at, say, nine or seven, I think this guy can be close to him and we're getting this first rounder next year and we're getting a second rounder this year where I think maybe we can get a receiver that can, that can really help Justin Fields. So then you start saying, hey, I think it's worth it. So you're really taking multiple players versus one. I don't think the Bears are going to find a guy that they think – okay, I can get the same player here and he will be as successful as Jalen Carter. But I think if you put two to three guys together and you do miss out on Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, and is better for your team and now you have three studs, you know, maybe not three superstars, but three studs that are getting the job done and your team will be better for that. That's a, that's a decision Poles has to make and I'd be behind that. And that's why I feel like as much as I would love the Panthers trade scenario, because I feel like there's multiple first-round picks attached to that, I really do think that there's an opportunity where the Bears could get a f- two first-round picks for the Bears having next year and the year after with theirs and the Panthers. But it may just be safer to try to convince the Colts to give you one future first-round pick at four because then you stay in that lane where Adam says you get this, the first or second best defensive player off the right, board. Right, which is, which is where we got to as far as the, what, you know, how we headlined the show today because it's, I think that's – if your polls, the, you're getting one of those guys at four, 99%. You know, I think you can feel extremely comfortable that you're getting Anderson or Carter and you're getting – at least what draft, you know, what, what the experts are saying, what, what they're going to get compensation. You're going to get a first-round pick next year. You're going to get a second this year. And you might, uh, pro football focus has it, that you're going to get two-thirds as well. So now you're getting, you're getting one of your guys that you want. Maybe, not, maybe you want Carter more than you want Anderson, but it, it, so it worst-case scenario, you get the other dude, and you've loaded up. So that feels like the safest – I did ex- a very reasonable play here, and there's no way that anybody can really fault me, Ryan Poles, for making that decision, which right, is why, you're what, getting the, which the, ultimately was, if I had to bet right now, I think right, they trade with him. Right, because you're getting a potential franchise defensive lineman. You're getting that future first-round pick, because like we talked about on the ifs with Justin Fields, now you've given yourself an opportunity to get back in the quarterback sweepstakes of it, the next year if things don't work out the way right. we all hope. And then we, and if if they do work out for Justin Fields, now you have two first round picks to just build around and and become a really powerful team in the and, NFC. And polls can sleep at night. Like he's got to be able to go to bed after the draft and not be worried. Like, did I just do this and put my whole career on the line because <laughs> it went seriously? Like he's got to. You have got to be able to go to bed at night knowing that, like, okay, what I did is solid. Or, or 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 maybe maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just wants to live a high wire act. I'm not sleeping. I have no idea if the guy that I took at nine is good, and everyone's going to be up 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 at me. And you'll see. And there's 20 percent of me that's not completely certain that it will work out. <laughs> what if that's, two to four isn't there? Like yeah. there's been people saying that they don't think the trade market's what people think it is. What would you rather take Carter one or trade down to nine? You know what if like okay if the Texans say. The Bears aren't drafting a quarterback. You know, I, I like C.J. Stroud as much as, you know, Bryce Young. And then the Colts are sitting there saying, I can, I'll take Stroud, Levis, or Young. And there's no market there for the Bears. So that's something that, that makes me nervous because I can actually see it when people start explaining it. I go, man, I go, that's right. Obviously, the Cardinals aren't taking a quarterback. You know, the, you know, the Bears aren't taking a quarterback. So then do you trade back to nine and try to get more picks, or would you be happy with – hey, we left with the best player in this draft. 
Jalen Carter, but we got nothing else. We're not picking yeah. again until you, you, 15. I, I said this on Monday night on our Bears After Dark show, and, and they, they have to trade back by any means necessary, whether that's two, four, and if they're not there, then it has to be nine or whatever they can get because they don't have an early second-round pick this year. you got to get back into the top end of that second round, and then to be able to get multiple first-round picks, future first-round picks, that's going to set your franchise up for the future. Pushing all your chips in on Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, A, they have to be great. At one, you have to be great. Yep. And if you're anything short of that, he'll be deemed a bust. And B, there's an injury factor that goes into that too. You're pushing all your eggs into one player's basket, and if he gets hurt, now what? You have to trade that back, and you have to trust that Ryan Poles is a good draft evaluator and finds the right guy at nine so, or wherever. So let's go back to the back. Titans because I wanted to make sure I came back with the right players, but also we can look at this. So, so they ended up with Jack Conklin and Derrick Henry. So off the top of your head, you go, oh, that worked out pretty well. Oh uh, yeah. Right? Um, when they traded back and, and the Rams got Jared Goff. Okay, so who won that trade? In the end, the Titans, the Rams didn't. I mean, they got the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, but then they ended up trading him. Um, of course, they got Stafford and then won. So, I mean, you could say even in their case, the end result was good. But here's the point. Conklin, they didn't even end up giving Conklin a fifth year, the fifth-year option, and then he left. So even though he was an all-pro as a rookie, it didn't really work out for him there. And as good as Derrick Henry is, obviously he's a, he's, a, he's a great player. He's a great running back. It took him a few years. But the point is, well, what if they hadn't made the trade? Who would they drafted instead? Because that's exactly what we're talking about here, right? Not moving back. So who were the guys they would have had instead? And the answers are Joey Bosa, defensive rookie of the year, still really good. Uh, they could have had uh, Jalen Ramsey. Was right there. Good player. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, DeForest Buckner. So it, it, instead they went back and they actually, I think, ended up trading back up to eight to get Conklin. But you see the drop off there. Conklin, Leonard Floyd. But did those teams get a future first right. round pick? Because then there's the, the next player. The, and I understand right. there's no guarantees on those guys. But, you know, Panthers, Colts, maybe the Colts are the better candidate for that future first round pick because they may not be as good as the Panthers next year but you know I you know that's more players I mean that's potentially Marvin Harrison Jr. that's potentially a trade package for the quarterback from USC you know I you know I don't to me that's worth it with as many holes as this team has they have a lot of work to do. I don't know if they can do it all in one season. I want to start st- stacking the deck for next year, too. It, it's That's fun. what a good GM does. It, it's fun to look back at it and realize that most times GMs are going to get it wrong. If we redrafted it, the, you, they're, they're, the order yeah. would dramatically well, I'm saying change. The Titans got they drafted Corey Davis the following year with that extra pick they got from the Rams. And that didn't work out. Yeah, right. So that sucked. Yes. But it wasn't Ryan. <laughs> it wasn't King Pole's draft. Oh, okay. That's, well, yeah. didn't enter that into the equation. I got that part. A <laughs> Cu- couple, couple of things I just want to underline here. Number one, what, what Clay just put out is, is the worst case scenario. That everybody grades the quarterbacks roughly the same. 
I don't look at Bryce Young as mini Mahomes. I look at him as eh, a little better than CJ. Not exactly sure. He's smaller. I maybe I, I I'd be perfectly happy with CJ. And and even Will Levis, big dude, fits the way Indy. You know, Ballard has evaluated quarterbacks with more of their profile. Like, eh, if we get him. That's that's totally fine too. I'm not moving. Who's ever there, I'll, I'll take any of these guys, and I think we can win with them. And I don't. And there's no there's no superstar. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. And then we haven't. I saw. I forget who put it in the chat, but the Raiders are uh, are. An excellent trade partner for the Bears because uh, they need a quarterback and they're in the AFC West and it would be you if you can get a first round pick from the Raiders which you would get going down to seven for next year uh, that 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 could be very enticing you might not have to go all the way to nine when you talk about that worst case scenario drawn up this year that Clay mentioned that's what happened to the Jaguars this year yeah. they didn't have a trade back partner because there were no quarterbacks that everybody was desperate for Jaguars didn't need a quarterback so they stayed at one, and they drafted the wrong player at one defensively, right? They should have drafted Hutchinson, the defensive end. Sauce Gardner. You know, yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, who was their first pick? Trayvon, Trayvon Walker? Walker. I mean, yeah. so I'm not saying he's a complete bust at this point, but they clearly should have drafted Hutchinson. I'm pissed at them that they didn't, because now we got to deal with them in the <laughs> NFC North. So that was their worst case scenario, and they missed on their number one pick, but they built the team around him, and – do you see the GM catching heat because they didn't? They missed on the number one pick. No, they went to the playoffs and won a playoff game in spite of that. And that's you know Brian Poles has got to be good beyond missing on picks. He's gonna miss on picks. That happens every year to every GM, good or bad. All right, real quick, uh, got to tell you about Game Time, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, well, you got to check out Game Time, like you know, 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate. They have options uh, that you can find, flash deals that pop up. If you, if you check it at the right time, maybe there isn't a flash deal. You come back 10 minutes later, it might be there then. Uh, and you can get the right deal, the better deal, the best deal that you can find on game time. It's created by the fans. It's for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. If you love CHGO, you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. I, I got a $56 ticket for Friday night, the debut of Pat Beverly in a Bulls uniform. <laughs> I got it right here for you on the Game Time app. Oh there you boy. go. I also, Perfect. by the way, I've, I got, why can't Pat Bev go Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, and, and, and be a bit player for the Bears in that secondary? You telling me that Pat Bev couldn't D up? Yeah, that's what we're he's telling you. He's got the you. mindset. He's got the mindset. He's got, honestly, half of it's mindset mentality, man, and he's aggressive. So I think that, I mean, you might be onto something. You should hit up polls and tell him to look into Pat uh, Bev. Uh, yeah. Am I, I in a time I, machine? Did you bring this up yesterday? I, uh, yes, I did. Okay. And, and, okay I brought. I was on. I, I was I was hosting over at NBC Sports Chicago yesterday, and Clay was uh, in there with, with uh, our guy Josh Rock, and I, but I brought it up at the very end of the show and, and got yelled at for it. Okay. <laughs> but I think, it's well, I think the same thing's happening right now. You don't like Pat Bev on the Bears? <laughs> Pat Bev. I, 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 you. I, I would rather. He looks like he could play We got football. about three minutes left with Clay Harbor. I'd rather ask him about realistic players that okay, could be Bears. Okay, do that. Not Patrick Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Titans made some moves today. They released Taylor Lewan. They released. Future Bear. Uh, Corey David. No. Um, who else did they release? that. I, 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 uh, I'm blanking at him for right now. 
What do you think about Taylor Lewan while I find the other two players that they, they just made three? Oh, and the kicker. Yeah. What do you think about Taylor Lewan? He, by the way, might retire. How old is he? 31. He's 31. Okay. He's had knee issues, though, recently. Yeah. He had the torn ACL a few years ago. I think he went out in week two this year and didn't play the rest of the year. Robert Woods was the other Robert one. Woods, I was trying to think of. Yes. Receiver. Yeah, I like Taylor. Taylor and me used to train together at Exos for uh, pre-draft stuff. Uh, him and uh, Ricky, Rick, Ricky, Richie Incognito, those were uh, two of my workout pr- partners. Those guys, I mean, he's a hard worker. Taylor's putting in the work. Richie, they're putting in the work. They're, they're guys that in the weight room. I mean, I don't know if they could even hang with Carm because Carm's throwing up weight, man. That's something that you guys don't <laughs> Thank see. Thank you for underlying he's, that. He's throwing up <laughs> some serious weight. Seriously. So he's a hard worker just like you in the weight room. But, no, honestly, that's that's what I know about Taylor is just the workouts, man. This guy was was one of the hardest workers. He's getting he's staying after. A lot of guys, that get in there, they get the, the clock in, the clock out. He's staying after. You know, he's on the treadmill. He's not just doing this, this stuff to, uh, you know, to, to make yourself look pretty, look good. He's he's working. So you, you, have yeah. a, you have an O-line target, though, don't you, that you want him to go out and get? Yeah. yeah. Juan Taylor. Okay. Jaguars, 25 yeah. years old. That's something that, I mean, people think he's the fourth year in the league. I mean, this guy's 25. You can sign him a long-term deal. He's not great, but he's gotten better, and he's going to be an improvement for our right tackle. Tell you what, uh, our general manager, Jake Flanagan, spent about seven minutes yesterday on the phone pushing Juwan Taylor's name to me. I mean, he, he's all in on him. I like, but to see, those are the, those to me are the smart moves that, and, and I don't, do you think he's going to get top dollar? That's the thing. I don't think he will get top dollar, yeah. but I mean, I've watched a lot of Jaguars games this year. I went to three, and, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time out there. I work with, uh, ESPN 690 Jacksonville on a weekly basis. And so I cover a lot of Jacksonville stuff and he's one of the guys that really impressed me. And I don't think they're going to, they're going to resign him. They got Walker Little, a former second round pick, Cam Robinson. They signed him to a long-term deal and they, they're cash strapped. They don't got much money. They need to bring back Evan Ingram. So they're the Juwan Taylor's walking. That's like the perfect type of candidate, right? Because he, like you said, he's still 25, he's 25. And he's, so he, he's younger and he's not top dollar. Right. That's exactly I, I, not top dollar and younger. So if he works out experience, now you can have somebody for a long-term, you know, endeavor. Those are the guys I like the ones that are still on the upside. Even if the ceiling isn't, you know, future hall of famer. Yeah. It, there's too many free agents you sign that are on the decline. Yeah. And you got to you gotta work through the ones. And they ones. have so many holes they have to fill. So yeah. you got to find some of those guys because you know, as much as we all want the, the Duran Paynes, you got to have, you know, as many home runs as we got to hit, you got to hit doubles too. Yeah. Appreciate the uh, Super Chat, Isaac, uh, on the Taylor Lewan topic, which we just discussed. I think we have a few more questions we should fire through before we get out of here. Hit the uh, like button if you want us to stay extra today yes, because you want to hang all out. All 640 <laughs> of you in the chat, hit the like. We need likes. Or Carm's going to start talking about his basketball game some more. <laughs> That's a threat. It's messed up, and I think people should be underlining the fact that I wore the Jordans today, uh, <laughs> but they haven't touched outside concrete just to back up our conversation yesterday. So did you put those on after you came in here? I did. I, put I was going to say it's I dangerous did. to wear it Warm in this it, weather. Put them in the backpack and brought them in here. The twos. Don't really like the green and white color, to be honest, but that's all they had, and I had to get I, – I need I – need. <laughs> I don't. I don't. That's, uh, well, these are Celtics colors. What the, what are we, I was going to say, why are they green? Because I, that's – because I can't – I cannot – I got the dad life Nikes on. 
I, I'm the only guy. Well, I like the Mac. Lawrence Mac is Lawrence is is Costco to me. Which would I'm not I, a shoe guy. Everybody I, here's a shoe guy. I refuse. I wish I got these at Costco and didn't pay the. $180. I will not be pressured into boys. being a shoe guy. All you so guys. it's the CHGO thing to where you have to cross your, your right leg over your left leg. <laughs> down. I try to go. Like, I actually, I'll tell you what, Clay, and I'm being 100% serious. I started putting my computer over here because that sitting like that is literally giving me a hip problem. Yeah, you got it. And I have to get checked out. I have this, like, I have to get this checked out. Sciatica. It's, is that what it is? Well, and then yeah. my problem is, is my feet, like, barely reach the floor <laughs> so like i feel like i feel like a kid are in like a in a high chair how tall are you I'm like 511 you that was the, you the biggest five, lie i am i've I'm ever heard five, he said I, that i swear i'm 511 i tell people six foot and i told the truth and now you think i'm lying well just go on with whatever you're talking about uh, i i think what we don't have, worry about my height we, it's not i don't think it's the height issue is why you can't touch the floor um which we you know we're we're, we're, <laughs> we're working on things we're, carb we're, yeah we're sinking into the chair a little too deep here that's okay <laughs> all right I, i'm uh let's address mike's question here would you rather trade down weight to four with indy and get carter or trade down to nine with carolina and get a haul including a first next year. Here's the thing. I think you could trade to four with Indy, get Carter, and still get a first in that trade. You are getting a first in that trade. So yeah. I'd definitely take the first option. Again, that's why we titled it today. I think they're trading with Indy, if you had to bet. I'm going to get it done at the Combine next week. I'm going to talk to – Yes. Who are you going to talk to? Jim Irsay. <laughs> You're just – Actually, here's the weird thing. I could see you and Jim Irsay we're hanging gonna, out we're gonna get at, like, prime at 2 a.m. in Indy. Got it. I could actually – I would say there's actually a 2.5% chance that that scenario could play out. It's going out. to happen. So we're going to get a future first-round pick, second-round pick, and then I'm going to work between a third and a fifth as the topper. If there's one owner in the league who would negotiate a trade with you instead of the general manager of the team, it would be we're Jim doing this. I think he's trolling us, though. You guys have been seeing what he's saying on Twitter. Oh, I think he's like, trolling, too. He's not. There's no way he's really into Bryce Young, and he's going to say, he's just going to blurt it out, like, oh, look at this kid from Alabama, and he's going to show himself riding on a bear at, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I'm but a, the initial, troll. when he said it at the press conference... Like, I don't know if he was trolling there. I think that was a fraudulent slip. Now he's playing into it. But I think at the press conference, he showed his hand a little bit there. I don't know if he's calculated enough in that moment at yeah. the presser. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If he would, like, done that on Twitter and it's more of like a... Right. Now he's leaning into yeah, it because he knows because he, he did. Okay. Okay. That, okay, that makes me that's feel a little I, better. Yeah. But I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, this guy's trolling us. He's like, there's no way he's going to make this trade. And that's the trade that I want. I think the trade with Indy, perfect scenario. Perfect. You get a first, maybe get a fourth. You get a couple more picks this year. You get the next year first. I'm like, that is the perfect trade mm -hmm. because you're going to end up with Carter or Anderson and you're getting that haul. But I'm now I'm like, Ursay's really trolling us here. He's not going to do it. But, I mean, perfect world, you trade down twice. You know, you trade to the Texans. Then you trade back again. And then you still get that haul. You get an extra couple of picks. But I think you guys are right. At some if, Worst case scenario, if you can't get to two or four, I think you still got to go down to nine, in my opinion. Because this team's got so many holes. Right. Yep. Right. You don't – you just don't – I don't know if you have the luxury to make the pick. Uh, or I don't think you have the luxury to make the pick. Then – 
Then if Will Anderson or Jalen Carter go to the Hall of Fame, don't blame me. That would me. suck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so I'll be, I'll be I am blaming you. I'm definitely not blaming me because I'm telling you right now he's the multiplier that can make the whole defense better. Jalen Carter. Now throwing I'll out words like multiplier makes me think we you might have to rethink it. Uh, by the way, <laughs> that I like sense? that Raiders trade idea too. Move back with the Raiders. You get Max Crosby. I don't know why they would trade him, but you could. You Get want him. to deal with organizations that don't know what they're doing, and the Raiders would be one of those organizations. That's always a goal. Like, let's not. You make, know, people say that about the Bears, right? Well, that's 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 past tense. That's before <laughs> Ryan Poles walked through the door. Well, you want to deal with the dude. It's like you absolutely have to move up and get and and and. and I'm glad that Ryan Pace has landed and whatnot. You, but you want to deal with the guy who's willing to trade from three to two and give up three picks to get Mitch Trubisky. That's who you wanted to be dealing with, at least at that point. Um, all right, what are we doing here, Lawrence? Okay, quick question from Doug. Clay, if the Bears signed Ron Payne as a free agent, which I don't know if people noticed that last night, um, but multiple reports are saying Ron Payne is getting tagged by Washington, yeah. uh, which makes a lot of sense. I but, break the news around here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> David Montgomery, still a bear. Do you think they still need to go after Jalen Carter, or would Payne satisfy the need for a three-tech and the Bears could trade down some more? Yeah, I think that adds some flexibility, and I even think Javon Hargrave is a guy that could – Satisfied. He's not as great against the run as a guy like Carter, I think. But, I mean, he was a top three interior defender and pass rush grade. He had 11 sacks last year for the Eagles. He's one of the reasons this defense was as good as they were. Because if you have an interior pass rusher, you can't double team. Interior pass rush, you can't double team these edge defenders. Because you got to keep those linemen, you know, with eyes and hands on him. As we used to say with J.J. Watt, you got to have four hands on Watt. Not, not, three, not three, not with the extra. You, you want four hands on J.J. Watt. And you got to have your eyes on him, too. So he's a guy that can really be a game changer. So I think if you do that, that adds that flexibility where, yeah, Will Anderson becomes your pick. Javon Hargrave, Deron Payne, you know, I think maybe Carter can be, will be better than those guys. But I think right now those guys are still young enough for a few years that they can get the job done. Then you get Anderson. And after seeing that windmill dunk that Carm showed me yesterday on NBC. No problem. Um, Anderson, man, that guy, oh. I mean, he could be a, a Von Miller type athlete. Like, that's pretty yep. impressive. You all have seen that one? What? I haven't seen it. Sounds Will cool. Anderson on a breakaway in a pickup hoop game. Yeah. I mean, he went like Jordan slam dunk 88. You're thinking of the Jalen Carter. No, no, no. It's Anderson. Will Anderson, man. Anderson. Oh, there's a Carter video, too. He had to really? dunk. They both can yeah. dunk? I don't know oh, if you know oh. this, but pretty much every top 10 pick either has a video of them jumping out of a pool yeah. or dunking. And Jerron right Gilbert, <laughs> Gilbert once jumped out of a pool. It's draft we season, baby. This is what we see. All right. I, I just get, I get hot and bothered. Hashtag. I don't know if you know this, but this guy right here, crazy athlete, got drafted in the NFL. Like I did my, my, forty inch vertical, by the way, two hundred fifty two pounds. There you go. T- over ten foot broad jump, thirty reps at two twenty five on the bench press. Carm four hey, five hey, five forty. Okay, 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 Let's go, I, man. Okay, okay. hey, what, listen. What round I, were you drafted? Fourth in? round pick. Like, That's because well, he was a Missouri State. I bear. went. To, I was an FCS guy. I went to Missouri State, and you know, I still set. You know, I, I had the most receiving yards in the nation at tight end. But when you're playing against, you know. You. Right. Yeah, Southern Illinois, Illinois State. <laughs> I mean, North Dakota State now is producing. Oh, yeah. Well, he's all – Cody Mock is – I like Cody Mock. I think Cody Mock can play, man. At the senior bowl, I mean, he had some – I mean, he whiffed. He was either crushing somebody or missing completely. Did you know you were going to get drafted? Yeah. Or you did? So, that must have been exciting for you. Like, how much of it was exciting also, but also, like, you know, like, not fun for you. 
I thought it was all exciting, man. Coming from Missouri State, I was a receiver, moved to tight end, and getting open at tight end as opposed to receiver is a lot easier. Gain the weight, and then obviously the combine's coming up, and that's important. And the combine, I knew I'd have a good combine because I'd always been a guy that could like run, lift, jump, and do all that stuff. I ran track in high school, plus a point guard in basketball. And when I gained my weight, I kept my athletic ability, which was tough. And, you know, the combine is basically a glorified track meet. And I think there's more emphasis put into that than there should be. I think the film, the all-star games are, are more important. And, but the interviews, the combine are important. And obviously, you know. What was the weirdest question you ever got for a team interview at the combine? I mean, one, one person asked me, like, if you were a piece of furniture, what would you be? And I just, that one stuck <laughs> with me for some like. What was it? What was your furniture choice? I, th- I think I said like a like a lawn chair so I could be outside, you know. I don't know. I was like Is it the sun. First round but, traffic right yeah. there. Oh, we like this guy. He's uh, like taking notes on that pick. I'd like you know to, what the correct answer to that probably is. I'd like to be a yeah, coffee table. I want to lift a, people up. A fo- a bench on a football sideline. Yeah, you want to see where my That's where my mind not was. The right answer for a football coach. I'd like to be a bench. I want to be a bench so I'm on the sideline at the football. A football guy, baby. I like my answer better. Coffee table. I lift people up. I support. I do. I. I make everyone around better. That's yeah. what I do. Look at the way this coffee table is. With not asking for anything for what it's doing today. Lifting up Walter Goose Island, bear helmet, and <laughs> and the pennant, making us all look better. Coffee table is not giving. Want to be love. the brick so you can create the wall. <laughs> that would be the wrong answer because that is not furniture. 1999 from the Duke. Brick can be furniture. Why would you inhale a cigar carb? Do you hate your lungs? Because I didn't know what I was doing, Duke. That will never happen again. I blame myself. I blame no one else, even though Greg Braggs was with did, me and was teaching me. Did Duke, you, when we come to your island, we'll smoke a cigar and see if Carm can make it this time. And, did you know he was inhaling? I warned him a hundred times, Adam. We'll never speak of this again after today, but this guy, I warned him like 18 times. He had no idea what he was doing. Then he was like downplaying. He's like, what is the big deal of this? It doesn't do anything. And I was like, Carm, this is a huge cigar. You are going to catch a buzz at some point in this cigar. He was like... By the end of it, <laughs> we are past that. We we are moving on to Mayank, which is my. We've got the opening round of the playoffs, the quarterfinals tonight. Me versus Mayank. My I've never beaten him. I'm 0 and 2. We're talking tennis here, Clay. Big okay. big big match, and um, my lungs feel good, and I'm ready, and I just want to get it out there and get some accountability with the chip. Now that I you know be able to talk about my victory tomorrow, because Mayank's going down. It's going down for real. I just find it interesting that it's been. I think eight days since the big defeat happened in here that has not, you know, unlike other people on the show that, you know, constantly bring up their victories. That's true. Like, we haven't heard about this. Uh, you want to talk about it or do you want me no, to No, I didn't about? bring it up. Okay. If yeah. you're bringing it up, then, uh, then no, we'll talk. Yeah, no, Hogue, Hogue, I've been, I've, you know, I've been Togue's teacher on the ping pong table. And, uh, you know, Adam is, is making great progress. He's come a long way. We've worked on the forehand. The backhand's gotten very consistent. We've gotten his aggressiveness up a level. And, uh, yeah, Adam beat me. Adam beat me uh, in ping pong, which, by the way, Clay and I are, are going about to go at it here. I can't wait. I, is that, uh, I'll play. Ooh, just, a, just, just, a, just an I'll play. Well, it's possible Clay has other things to do in his day. No, he was. T- we, we were. T- we were. T- <laughs> I, I, I inviting him in. I was, he, was, he, he underlined the ping pong table because when we saw it at the Super Bowl, that was, was like, yeah, it was cool hanging out with you guys. But oh, you guys have a ping pong table. Oh, I love ping pong. I mean, Parlor Pizza, one of my favorite uh, places in Chicago, used to have ping pong tables. The whole reason I started going there. 
But uh, surprisingly, I'm the, I'm the only person, I'm the only 35-year-old in Chicago that has homework to do after this. I do have a project. I, I'm in uh, getting my MBA from Kelly School of Business, and I, I procrastinate. Look at that. And, uh, yeah, I got to go back and uh, do a group project by, by tonight at midnight, and I haven't even started yet. So Oh, boy. You got it. You know. You got okay. it. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> You're that guy. Uh, on we, the should, group we should project. say goodbye. <laughs> we should say goodbye and let him do his homework. I think uh, it's a compliment, though, to the coach. I think it was great coaching by you. Thank you. So you put yourself in a win-win. Absolutely. If you win, you win. If you lose, you could be like, "Well, I'm such a good coach." The student became the teacher. Bam. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going that far, but I'm Mr. Said. Miyagi. Yeah. He, 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 Right. You Let's you wax you wax on wax, wax. <laughs> wax off the show. All right, uh, we're out of here. We'll be back here again at noon tomorrow. A uh, couple special. Are, is the guest confirmed tomorrow or not? Guest is confirmed. We will be talking with uh, Nick Wright, Super Bowl champion in his own right. Uh, to, he'll be on the show tomorrow. Uh, the Duke saying goodbye to us with a nine ninety nine. You want football player body on you? That's what the booty. bench on the. Fi- you want, foot- you want football player booty? Oh, you on want you. football I don't know if this booty? Is a- See, sometimes the football duke gets a little. That's what the bench and the field answer okay. says about you, Hogue. <laughs> I, love you. I love you. I love you, Duke. duke we'll we'll talk to you rails. tomorrow, Duke. <laughs> bye, bye, everybody. <laughs> I'm.